coming up on the Building a Coaching Culture podcast. While the arena might be scary, it's going to be the place that you're going to grow the most by being criticized and by being ridiculed. You're going to grow the most. And I think that's just a really powerful sentiment. You're listening to the Building a Coaching Culture podcast. If you need to compete and win in the 21st century labor market as an employer of choice, this podcast is for you. Each week, we share leadership development, coaching, and culture development insights from leading experts who are developing world-class cultures in their own organizations. And now, here's your host, J.R. Flatter. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. J.R. Flatter here. And today, we're talking about boldness. As usual, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Rosalie and Lucas. How y'all doing? Hello. Hey, everyone. Cool. So boldness, how does it fit into leadership? So here we are in a house of leadership, but right in the center of our enabling characteristics. We had talked about power last time we were together. So President Teddy Roosevelt, probably one of the more famous speeches. Rosalie loves this analogy of being in the arena. It's not the critic who counts, not the one who points and out how strong stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit actually belongs to those who are in the arena, the blood, the sweat, the tears, and not to the people that are in the stands. And relevance to our journey is you as a leader are in that arena and people are commenting on how you're doing, maybe potentially distracting. We just have to stay bold and keep moving forward. What are your thoughts on this uh, famous speech they gave in France of all places? It kind of reminds me of the whole coaching thing because, you know, it's hard to give somebody advice. So everyone's got their own, you know, their own struggles and they're in their own arena. So the coaching power is, you know, being able to guide someone without stepping into that. It reminds me of um, coaching the fact that you're not giving direct advice to somebody within their own arena and like they're going through their own struggles and on the outside kind of guiding them so that's what that comes to mind yeah i like that i'd also agree and i put this quote from Brene brown in here she talks about the arena a lot and in her analogy with the arena it's just a sign that while the arena might be scary it's going to be the place that you're going to grow the most by being criticized and by being ridiculed, you're going to grow the most. And I think that's just a really powerful sentiment. I hope that's not the only way you grow. No, not the only way you grow. <laughs> no, you have support. You have supporters in the arena too, but you, cool. you also have the criticizers and the people that will ridicule. Yeah. So uh, what do we mean by boldness? And boldness is one of those, I think one of our slides talks about being a state of mind and another one that you can't communicate it's largely through demonstration. So how do you demonstrate boldness? For us, And when you're in the arena, you're stepping outside of your comfort zone. We talk all the time about coaching. And if you're coaching and you're comfortable with your coaching, you're probably not growing. And the same as a leader. If you're comfortable in your leadership all the time, you're probably not growing. So if you want to be a bold, courageous coach or a bold, courageous leader, are you uncomfortable from time to time? And are you accepting that to grow, you're going to have to make yourself uncomfortable, like learning to salsa dance or 
learning a new language and talking, trying to speak and sounding like a three-year-old. Just keep moving. Be brave enough to spend life in the arena. Boldness. Whatever you decide is your vision and success in your own mind and your own life, boldness is going to get you there. It's what allows you to display courage, what allows you to enact your power, allows you to create and then achieve a vision. And you're going to be criticized. People are going to call you hasty or I come from a country background and it was, you're too big for your britches, was the saying where I grew up. So boldness is not uninformed. We talked about earlier about making decisions and you're never having all the information you need to make a decision. But we make decisions with informed risk. We take bold action with informed risk. We don't just jump blindly. We try to gather data, conduct analysis, uh, but you're always going to move forward without complete information. And your boldness is what's going to allow you to do that. All decisions, uh, we rarely speak in absolutes, but I'm pretty confident in speaking in absolute here. All decisions require a leap of faith into the unknown. Most often we think of faith related to religion, and certainly that faith requires a leap into the unknown. For 400 or so years, we said science is truth, but we found out that we don't know everything. We have yet to discover a lot of things, why the speed of light is constant, how an atom actually works. We could see it and observe it, but we can't really explain it fully. And the same is true in your leadership and the same is true in your coaching. You're going to have to make leaps of faith. In your coaching, it's the question. The question or the observation is always a leap of faith. In your leadership, it's decision-making and moving forward where you're taking those risks. Bold leaders gather data, understand risk, select a course of action, and execute with bold enthusiasm. I've heard some of the analogies of paralysis through analysis, or you've probably worked with a boss who would, couldn't make a decision to save their life. And it's terribly frustrating, but it's also, there's a cost associated with that. You don't move quickly enough in the market. You run in circles and waste energy. So we talked a lot about last session about you know power and controlling entropy but if you think about that in like the physical world like controlling entropy you're standing against the waves and they're battering you so in order to be bold you're kind of volunteering to take some of that chaos and energy from the outside and either deflect it to help the organization or just ignore it and move on yeah, the paralysis through analysis stuff that you're talking about is reminding me of a coaching session that I was doing recently. And by the end of the session, the client was looking to start an LLC. And because the task was so overwhelming, it was almost debilitating in a sense. And so by the end of the session with the questions that she was going, she ended up discovering that you can launch before you're ready sometimes you have the tools that you need to start. And it was just kind of a powerful sentiment that I think relates to this in a way. Most of the time we think that we need to have all the tools before we're ready, but we probably already have them inside of us. And it's trying to get over the fear of how large a task might be. Does that make sense? No, it makes absolute sense. And you're reminding me of MVP, minimally viable products. For most of us for all of our life, if you're a constant learner, if you're a lifelong learner, like we talk about, you're also a lifelong novice. 
And so you have the courage to step out in an MVP role, that you're a minimally viable product in your coaching, in your leadership. I think we're all there if we are, in fact, a lifelong learner. This is sort of related and unrelated, but I think it's a good time to talk about delegation. And it's a form of boldness. Delegate before you have to. If you wait to delegate under duress at a crisis, your leaders aren't going to be ready to accept it. So boldly delegate when the risk is low so that when the risk is high, they're trusted. Adults learn by doing. So they've got some reps. They've accepted that kind of responsibility. If you are, in fact, a bold, courageous leader, you'll delegate before you have to. An okay plan executed with boldness is far, far better than a perfect plan that probably won't ever materialize or would be timidly executed. A lot of us are familiar with the story of Eisenhower writing two speeches for D-Day, one that succeeded and one that they hadn't succeeded because he knew acting with boldness, had been planning for years, but also understood, and he has a famous quote, plans are useless, but planning is invaluable. Act with enthusiasm. Boldness is largely an emotional state of mind. Are you willing to stand like Lucas was describing and get battered by the waves to protect your team? Are you willing to be in the spotlight? In the arena, you're going to be in the spotlight. Are you able to accept the limitless responsibilities? Because a leadership position is not a nine to five position. It's infinite. Rosalie, I'd love to hear your thoughts here. As you transition from college life to full-time work life, you realized, wow, the semester never ends now, right? (laughs) (laughs) You have to have a certain calmness, a certain peacefulness that you're just not ever getting closer to the finish line. Yeah, no, I, we were having this discussion. You, you should tell the story about the rowboat, the wave, the rowboat, the speedboat and the helicopter. (laughs) That, that story really got me. But it was at this time where I was so used to like during college, it was just very straightforward. You get the assignment done, you give it back and you get your score and then you continue on. But sometimes with the work that you're doing, it's, it just isn't nine to five. It's kind of these tasks that will continue to need the work. And so trying to find more pockets of peace and acceptance of that has really helped me. And yeah, that story I haven't forgotten. Yeah. I mean, the fact that like you're going and trying to use your power, like we talked about and trying to control things and guide other people, you're going to get, you know, that spotlight that you mentioned and, you know, the attention's going to be on you. So if you can kind of be calm and, and collected in those moments instead of frazzled and adding to the chaos, it's better. The rowboat, uh, speedboat, and the helicopter is for anyone who thinks that they might not be doing as well as they could be or should be in their job. And is somebody telling you, you know, get in the boat, I'll take you to safety, or grab the ladder for the helicopter, I'll take you to safety. So you're going to hear those warning signs right, before someone comes in to say, hey, uh, clean your desk out. So uh, hopefully that gave you some peace that there's no rowboat coming by the front of your desk yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and probably never will be. <laughs> Boldness. Set goals that frighten you. If you're completely comfortable with your goals, if the outcome is 100% predictable, you're probably not acting with boldness. You're not planning with boldness. I distinctly remember dropping my first son off 
at college and his mother crying at dinner. And I said, baby, what's wrong? You missed your son already? No, how are we going to pay for this? So we didn't have it figured out, but we knew we wanted to educate our children. And so we sent him to school and we figured it out. That was a goal that we certainly weren't comfortable with, but we we're going to make it happen one way or the other. The epitome for boldness for me, Dr. King, I think I used him more than once in this series, but acting with boldness, it just epitomizes for me, him acting in boldness for years and paying the ultimate price for that boldness. So development's the same as, as all other sessions. Keep journaling. You're going to miss sessions. Don't give up. You're going to stare at the empty page for a while. The words won't come, but don't give up. Talk to your significant other. Are you displaying enough boldness in your life together? If you're not, look at your house, make some adjustments. Find a leader that you consider especially bold, not one who's jumping off of cliffs in the dark, having any sense of management of risk, but someone who's successfully bold and have a conversation with them. See how they do that. Do they do it on purpose? And finally, have a conversation with your coach. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being here. We'll see you in the next session. Well, that concludes this episode of Building a Coaching Culture. I truly hope that this episode was helpful to you. If it was, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Maybe stop and give us a rating or a review and share this podcast with someone who might find it helpful as well. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.